This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533 and ACDC in Rock 102. Here, everyone, uh, Kramer was sponsoring a couple of miles of the Arthur Burkhart uh, Highway. I do. Yeah, I've uh, I've done the same for that one, for, for the highway to hell. I'm uh, I'm now responsible for like six miles of it. Well, you're halfway there. I know, and I feel like I've been living there for a while, so wow. I figure, eh, why not clean it up a little bit? Well, maybe you should get off the next exit. I'm uh, I'm looking at that, yeah. Uh, Scott Zolak will be joining us today. There's uh, football coming up this Sunday, which you will hear right here on Rock 102. And uh, our conversation with Scott will be brought to you by the Leah Auto Group after 8 o'clock. There was also football last Sunday we can talk to him about. And that that, uh, Robert Kraft party with the uh, Rolling Stones. I'd like to know why we weren't invited to that. I want to know if that was a team party or a uh, personal party. I bet it was a team party. Hey, you think... Zolak got blocked out of that one? Uh, no, he might have been asked to show up and park cars. That's still better than what we got. Yeah, that's true. So there's that and more this morning. It's 534 on Rock 102. Save yourself 30% at the... Br- rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 549 and Journey on Rock 102. Hey, you know what a crazy idea this is? The the governor is coming to the Big E today. Uh, he's going to go to the Big E. He's going to... Uh, have some donuts, I would imagine, them Tom Thumb donuts, doing a dedication for Andy. <clears throat> Boy, it'd be, a, it'd be a great opportunity to talk to him. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Please, he's not calling us. <laughs> Especially since uh, we didn't ask first. But, uh, you know, I'd like to think that when he comes out to Western Mass, he just automatically thinks of us. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's not true. Apparently he doesn't. He thinks of uh, the late Andy Yee, and frankly, if it's a choice between the two of us, I would choose Andy every time. He might think of us, and he might think... Yeah, God, they're still on? God, I, I hope nobody reports this, because yeah. otherwise they'll probably be calling. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, hey, what do you say we hop right into some mm, Hollywood trailers yeah, with Steve Nagel, the Rock do? Well, a lot of famous people knew Jeffrey Epstein, and the bill for that is coming due. Bill Gates started up some kind of friendship or association with him back in 2011, and this was three years after Epstein was convicted of solicitation of prostitution from a minor. In a new uh, interview on PBS NewsHour, host Judy Woodruff asked him uh, what he knew about Epstein when he started meeting with him, and that made Bill really uncomfortable. He's stumbling over his answer. Uh, it, yeah, it was. A, did you see it? No, I read it though. It was. A, it's. It's even more uncomfortable to watch. He mm. didn't uh, put like a "do not disturb" on his, <laughs> no. on his on his watch or his laptop and no. interrupted everything. But you can see him like uh, getting all flustered. He's like, uh, you know, I had uh, dinners with him. I uh, I regret doing that. Uh, everybody acts that way. I remember. Uh, remember Prince Andrew's interview too. Oh yeah, yeah. Nobody can talk. Their tongues all get tied when somebody mentions uh, Jeffrey Epstein, too. He, he had relationships with uh, people he said, uh, you know, uh, would give to global health, which is an interest I have. Yeah. He admitted it was a mistake and said nothing came of those meetings, so he cut Epstein off. Woodruff, uh, Woodruff kept pressing and Gates kept squirming. At one point, she asked him if there's a lesson to be learned from the experience. He said, quote, well, uh, he's dead, so uh, in general, you always have to be careful. Yeah, mm. but as long as he's dead... I'm off the hook. Can't we just, or is he? Can't we just focus on these microchips I put in this vaccine? And and again, this was after Epstein had already been convicted once of yeah. sex with a minor. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, Johnny Depp says cancel culture has gotten so far out of hand, but he gets he adds a quote: "If you're armed with the truth, that's all you need." I used to love those guys. Do you really want to hurt me? Uh, culture club. Uh, it's culture uh, club, huh? That's the that's not the cancel culture club. Nah, it's a, uh, it's oh. Boy George and yeah. Culture Club. Oh, uh, and they were canceled too. He says it doesn't matter if a judgment per se has taken some artistic license. Okay. Yeah, wow. but you know, see, sometimes the truth though isn't really enough. No, but I think what he's talking about, what he went through with the uh, with the ex girlfriend there, right? The wife, what is she, wife or girlfriend? What's your girlfriend, right? Well, Amber probably before her? he married her. Well, uh, did he marry her though? That's I what don't I don't think. Know. Anyway, but uh, she was making up a lot of stuff about the abuse mm-hmm. that she was actually giving him. Fuck with the Edward a hand. How are you supposed to go to the toilet? Ever think about that? <clears throat> so weedy. You know who that is, right? What? So weedy. So weedy. So no. weedy. That's a breakfast cereal, right? Mm. No, she's a she's actually a rapper. Uh, she's she's got her own line of food at McDonald's. Didn't did you know that? I didn't. I no. did not know that. No. Anyway, she's doing a Netflix comedy special called Sex Unzipped, featuring sex experts, actors, comedians, and quote horny puppets. It's uh, being billed as, quote, celebration of sexual health and positivity. Horny puppets. Yeah. You got me sold. Hmm. That's what I'm talking about. They're little, not the Muppets. Little Bert and Ernie action. Yeah. They're, the, they're the Stuppets, right? They're the Muffets. Yeah. All yeah, right. <laughs> you think Oscar's going to take it in the can this I time? I bet he is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the truth. Uh, Rihanna's doing some experimenting with her new album. She says, quote, uh, you're not going to expect what you hear. Whatever you know of Rihanna is not going to be what you hear. I'm really experimenting. You're not going to expect what you hear. Right. So it's going to be something completely different than what she normally does. Yeah, right. it just kind of sounds like it's, you're not going to hear what you expect. It sounds like this is something you're not going to want to listen to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Certainly not going to want to download. Or yeah, you're buy. not going to want to buy this. The uh, SNL season premiere is October second with host Owen Wilson. Shut the front door! Wow, wow. was every other celebrity not available? Apparently not. I was like, really, Owen Wilson? That's your big kickoff for the season? Yeah. Uh, with musical guest Casey Musgraves. Oh, I love the Musgraves. Don't you love the Musgraves? I'm not a big fan of the Musgraves. Uh, other hosts for October include Kim Kardashian. Rami Malek and uh, Jason Sudeikis. Any one of which would have probably been better than Owen Wilson. Yeah, he must be in a movie or something. Must be. Uh, USA Today has confirmed that Morgan Wallen and his team did contribute a total of $500,000 to various black organizations in the wake of his racial slur incident. Well, that question has finally been answered. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> well, I know you were. No, it's also because the seat's broke. Eternals is now the first Marvel movie to receive a PG-13 rating for brief sexuality. You'll be able to see what the brief is starting November 5th in theaters. Ah, you like that hook? Yeah. Brief but sexuality? But brief could mean like a blink of an eye, and then there's nothing to really see. And sexuality doesn't necessarily mean sex. No, it does not. So I don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's it's it'll be nothing. Uh, let's see. Midlands Mark, this country group, uh, this country guy, Mark Weistrach or something, uh-huh. has a sex scene with Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye. But it was 
A sex scene or a sexuality scene? A sex scene. Ah. The eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, but it was uh, so technical, they stopped filming and laughed for 10 minutes. He plays gospel singer Gary Paxton. All right. See, now, I would never want to see a sex scene with Tammy Faye. I don't want to see one with a fake Tammy Faye even more. Even Jessica Chastain? Even because Jessica Chastain is going to look like Tammy Faye. Oh, yeah. She's uh, another one of those uh, hours in makeup before she uh, starts filming kind yeah, but, of roles. But like I've always said, uh, what's her name? Um my favorite, the Charlize Theron. Mm. I could see through the Eileen Warnos makeup. Oh, in other words, you'd have done her even in Eileen Warnos character. Yeah. Uh, I see. What well, you're we could have role played. Yeah. Well, how- uh, you know, I could have pretended to pay her for sex, and then she right. could have killed me in right. my car. Yeah. I was going to say, how much of a method actress is she? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's very good. Yeah, I know she's I good, but you know, would she have killed you just to get, just to prepare for the role? Uh, after the success of Coming to America, Eddie Murphy has signed a three-movie deal with Amazon. Oh, wow. Perfect. This, what success? That was considered a success? That movie was awful. Well, people still watched it, though. Somehow, whatever the bottom now, wasn't that released, though, during the pandemic? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Last, well, last year, I when think. When they were measuring success in a different way. It just seems... Uh, yeah, well, I oh, so like anything that was on TV was considered a success. Yeah, yeah because sure. we were watching everything on television. Because everybody the time. was home. Yep. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Life has changed. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember back 13 years ago when a noted reporter from Mexico asked Tom Brady to marry her during media day at the Super Bowl? And do you remember Tom Brady, who was already married at the time, politely declined and told the woman that any man in the world would be lucky to marry her because, and I'm paraphrasing here, she wasn't too painful on the eyes. Well, I certainly do, and if you're like me, you probably spent the last dozen years wondering whatever happened to that lady. Well, great news. Up until about two weeks ago, she was in plain sight where everybody could have seen her on Mexican television. Today, however, the effervescent Inez Gomez Mont is allegedly on the run from authorities after she and her husband allegedly embezzled nearly 3 million pesos from the Mexican government. Now, I had to do a little monetary conversion because my grasp on pesos to dollar values isn't exactly what it used to be, but 3 million pesos works out to be about $146 million. Now, for you football fans, that's more than Tom Brady makes in an entire season. However, according to reports, both Inez and her husband have been on the lam since September 10th when a federal judge issued a warrant for their arrest. Apparently, between 2016 and 2017, the couple ripped off the Mexican Ministry of the Interior out of 3 billion pesos. They're being charged with multiple counts of money laundering, embezzlement, and operating with resources of illicit origin, which is a new one on me. If found and convicted, both Inez and her husband, the one that she married instead of Tom Brady, could be facing 20 to 60 years in prison, which I believe would have a negative impact on her television career. Man, I guess Tom Brady really dodged the bullet on that one. Imagine what would have happened if Tom Brady had said yes. I'm not so cold-hearted where I don't believe in love at first sight, but can you imagine Tom Brady on the run from anything? Not at his age, and certainly not with his foot speed. Man can barely step out of the pocket, never mind evading federal authorities during an international manhunt. In other words, I think he made the right choice in saying no. 
because she seems to be quite a handful. But hey, never my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Pull up the Rocky's September sales flyer on your phone or on your computer. It's loaded with bargains on Scott's Winter Guard Turf Builder, Milwaukee Power Tools, Warner Ladders, and plenty more. What's on sale at Rocky's? It's always at your fingertips at Rockies.com. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 611 and the Black Crows and Rock 102. If you're the kind of person who plans their day uh, with the information you get from TV 22, just saying, uh, you know, you wouldn't leave the house if they told you about an accident because that happened to be your route. I'm I'm pretty sure the scroll that they're still running for the crash that closed exit 48 in Enfield yesterday has been reopened. Are you sure about that? Uh, no, I'm not absolutely positive. I'm just feeling comfortable enough to say it. Yeah, that, sounds in, like, that sounds like a great deal of speculation. As in the fact that there's very few accidents I can think of that the road was still closed 24 hours later. But that's just me. <laughs> it must have been really bad. Oh, it must have been. Um, you know, as, as someone who's had his share of uh, surgeries over the last 10 years, the truth is, uh, I suppose, and, and I think this varies from hospital to hospital, um, even the heart surgery would have been considered elective surgery. Not, none, of them, none of them threatened my life at, at the time that I had the surgeries, whether they were cancer, whether it was the dog bite, or whether it was the, uh, the heart thing. And I read this story yesterday. I, I've said it before. You know, I have a hard time mustering up uh, sympathy for people who were well-known anti-vaxxers who ended up getting COVID and ended up in the hospital Mm -hmm. and maybe even died. Uh, And and when I read a story like I read yesterday, here's an 80-year-old woman in Oregon. She's been preparing for back surgery, which was scheduled for August 31st, hoping that the five-hour procedure would allow her to finally walk without pain and be able to be more active but the day before the operation and most surgeries are scheduled weeks in advance so you you know you have weeks to think about it to worry about it to get it off of your mind or try to mm-hmm. only to have the day before they tell you it's canceled another woman's doctor told her a few weeks ago the rising covid caseload would delay a procedure to repair a vocal cord that was paralyzed in a previous surgery. Uh, Because of her condition, she chokes easily and she has a hard time breathing. She says, I just cry all the time. And and this is what's happening. Now, some hospitals are still scheduling surgeries that don't require overnight stays, but uh, intensive care units are overflowing and patients are being turned away, even some that died while waiting for a spot in an ICU ward. Patients are waiting several weeks, if not longer, to undergo non-COVID surgeries. Doctors say we do not have the capacity at this time to take care of people with very urgent conditions that are not immediately life-threatening. And the other problem is they're also struggling with a severe shortage of nurses, not to mention equipment like N95 masks. So, you know, this is what I mean when... When people uh, who were known to be anti-vaxxers all of a sudden get it, and then they're in the hospital begging for the vaccine, which it's too late for at that point, um, if if you had a loved one that was waiting to have some kind of very important surgery done, 
I, I would find it very hard to be sympathetic. Well, I, I am sympathetic to anybody who gets it because it's it's an awful virus. No one should be that sick. But I also read something the other day, and 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 again, I mean, I, yeah, it's hard to ever know the truth. But I suspect there's probably some truth in this. They're saying that if you are unvaccinated, you have a one in eight chance of being infected with COVID. That doesn't mean dying. That doesn't mean hospitalization. A one in eight chance of contracting it. If you're vaccinated, your chances uh, are one in 18,000 that you'll get it. Now, but if I you're don't, vaccinated, you're less likely to be hospitalized. You're less likely to be die. hospitalized or die. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you hear about people who are dying and you're also hearing about, you know, other circumstances of their physical condition which may have also led up to them being, you know, compromised, weakened or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's 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 hard for me to make a judgment on those people who are on respirators because I don't know what else is going on in their bodies. So, you know, there are plenty of people who have made their decision not to get it based out of fear or this belief that there's a larger conspiracy or whatever. But the numbers also bear out that if you've had the vaccine, you've got a better chance of surviving it. And you know what? That's the truth for every vaccinated disease we've ever attacked over the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. I like the cha- I like my chances with a vaccination than without it. And and it, you know when someone gets sick, I don't you know I mean, I'm not I'm not you know celebrating anyone uh, you know dying or being hospitalized. But uh, you know I I can understand in in a, in a in a certain way the fear and hesitation of taking something that you don't feel has been tested enough. But in order to fight this. We seem to have very little choice. And the longer we go without getting fully vaccinated or getting to that point of herd immunity, if you can even get there any, anymore, the longer this thing goes on. And I just don't know if we can really sustain this kind of thing forever unless people decide, you know what, enough fooling around. Maybe it's time to get this vaccination after all. Well, uh, you know, this article focused, and that's where my focus is right now uh, on on this, is the idea that if you or someone you love needed surgery uh, uh, important enough that it really should be done right now, and they can't do it because there's too many people in the hospital with COVID, I would be very upset. Very upset. I don't know that I would have any individuals to be upset about, but as a group... You know, again, uh, knowing that there are people in there who are anti-vaxxers. I'm not talking about the people who couldn't get a vaccination or people who have uh, medical conditions that might prevent them from getting the vaccination. That's a different story. But for the ones who just say, I'm not going to get it, I don't believe in it, I'm a, I believe something that's crazy about it, uh, those are the ones that if I had a loved one who was waiting for surgery and got told that they had to wait because of it, and either we're going to be in pain or their condition might get worse, uh, I, I'd be pissed, really, really pissed. Well, I think those, situa- those situations aren't happening in every state. There are some states that are managing this a little bit better than others. And when you have like you know, certain areas of the country where you're below 50% or you know, 30% fully vaccinated, and now you're getting you know, people going 
you know, you know into you know hospitals in droves because they just didn't bother. Uh, yeah, if I'm in one of those states, yeah, like you, I would be I would be furious if I were say like in Idaho and the best I uh, the best we got is 37 percent total vaccination in our state, and I can't get a, a hospital bed because I need uh I, I need an angioplasty. I'm going to be pretty pissed off. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if I'm you know in Massachusetts where 62 percent of everybody has had their second dose. There may be delays, there may be, you know, issues, but the likelihood of you getting the care you need is higher there than a good deal of the country. Massachusetts and Vermont are the two states with the highest rates. And one of the states with the lowest is Alaska. So imagine if you're there. I mean, I'm sure that Anchorage may have more than one hospital. I'm sure Juneau may even have more than one hospital. But everywhere in between does not. And and if you had to go to one of those two cities, you know, from six, eight, 12 hours away, uh, only to find out, geez, we're sorry, uh, you know, we, 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 we've we got very high COVID numbers and we've got a lot of people here that are hospitalized because of it. You know, it's it's one thing to be in a state where your numbers are high for vaccinations and, and also to be in a state that's as known as, as Massachusetts is for you know, good hospitals and great medical care, but you're out in one of those other states where there's more people not getting the vaccine and there's less hospitals. That's a that's not a way to live either. Actually, Alaska's turned the corner. They're now 45 percent total, uh, you know, total vaccinated. That's low. It's very low. Yeah, but that's not as low as West Virginia or Alabama or Miss- Mississippi, Wyoming or Idaho. Mm-hmm. And those, you know, are barely cracking, you know, the uh, you know the 60% mark, uh, like the 50% mark with a first dose. Mm. Um, like Alabama, they're as low as 38.9% of total dosages. Right. And, and th- this is, these are stats that were updated as of uh, midnight last night. So, the, I mean, these are, these are updated numbers. Mm-hmm. But Alaska... Has uh, is now fifty six percent with the first dose, forty five point three with the second. Yeah, well, but nevertheless, you're absolutely right. I mean, if, if also you're... probably the size of all of those states you just named it together, population wise, no, no mass but... mass wise, yeah. land wise, the distance from to the hospitals is what I'm saying. Yeah, so I, it I'd... just uh, you know it, it, it uh, it's it, like so many other things. I mean, I I know this has divided us, and we were already a pretty divided country to begin with. But I mean, you you look at these maps of state to state vaccination rates. The Northeast is in good shape. California, Oregon, Washington, good shape. Florida is in uh, is in is in decent shape. But you look at this whole center of the of of the of the South. Uh, and even, you know, the plain stage, you know, Florida's in decent shape. Florida is at 63%, 60, excuse me, 66% first dose, 50.9% with the second dose. All right. They're, they're hot. The way they've got this, it's a, a, the map I'm looking at. It's a color coded map. So, you know, like in dark blue, those are the states that have the best, uh, vaccination rates in the country. Uh, and the lighter blue colors are the ones with the worst so and there's almost there's four different tiers florida in spite of all its other problems is uh, one of the higher states mm. which you probably wouldn't expect but no. on the other hand there's so many elderly in, in florida that uh you know they may be feeling like i need to get this because i'm you know i'm old and I, i'm gonna die soon i'm, I'm 
I'm old and I want to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy uh, my time here at the at gotta, the villages. Got to play pickleball. That's it. I, I got I got reservations yeah. for court five exactly. and three. Yeah, and I'm a pickleball champ. It's 623 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. W-A- 26 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. Later this morning, uh, Scott Zolak will be joining us uh, just after 8 o'clock. We're going to talk about Patriot football. All brought to you by the Leah Auto Group after 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, let's see. Oh, so did you see the uh, Mass Live this morning? It, you know, it just it sucks when you see uh, longtime businesses, especially restaurants, going out of business. Uh, but Patsy's here in East Longmeadow is closing. Yeah, I wanted to mention that because uh, you know I know I know Patsy and his wife you know fairly well, and uh, they're not closing because of COVID. I mean, he's, no. he's been looking to you know retire for a long time. Yeah, and he finally got a buyer for his uh, his building. So yeah, uh, good for Patsy and uh, and Philomena. It's a great place. Well, sorry to see it go. When you say, uh, oh, son of a bitch, I thought I had it here. When you say he found a buyer. That's that's what I got a little confused by, because I thought maybe what I what it meant was he didn't find anybody who wanted to just take it over the way it is, and continue to run it like with the same menu. No, 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 no. He he. That's that wasn't his concern. His concern because you know he could have given it away to his uh, his daughter. You know she didn't want to do it, and you know you you can't blame her. I mean she's got a whole got her own set of priorities in life. And so they wanted to unload the building. Yeah, and that's what I just said. But they, but they wanted someone originally to keep it the way it was. And if it was the daughter, then, you know, yeah. if she didn't want it, she then that's fine. And I'm trying to explain it to you. Uh, but that's but that's the deal. They At some point they say, you know, we just we want to retire. 41 years to work in, in a business that hard to do uh, and keep up the, the quality of the food for as long as they did. Mm. That's really hard to do. It's oh. asking a lot of anybody. It's partly the way uh, Mass Life wrote it also. I mean, this paragraph here is that the real estate had been sold, according to documents on file with East Longmeadow, and the new owners plan to reopen an Ikura Asian house. So, I mean, they made it. They make it sound like the real estate was sold, but it's not going to be a restaurant, and then you find out, no, it is actually going to be a restaurant. It's being sold to a restaurant. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Thanks again, uh, Mass Live. Yeah, but good for the Lacories. They de- they deserve uh, the time off. They've de- they've done enough. Yeah, forty one years. Oh, I uh, I have barely even been. Well, no, I've been breathing. No, I don't think I've been breathing for forty one years. Not in a row. No, certainly not. <laughs> Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. Uh, in Jerusalem, a reporter for CNN yes. uh, had heard about a, a man who had been going to the Wailing Wall to pray twice a day, every day, for a very long time. They weren't going there for wailing? No, no, not for that. So she uh, she goes to the wall, and she sees the man, and she watches him pray. And after about 45 minutes, when he turns to leave, she, she walks towards him for an interview. And she identifies herself as being from CNN. And she says, uh, may I ask you, how long have you been coming to the Wailing Wall and praying? And, and the guy says, oh, about 50 years. And uh, the reporter says, well, what do, you, what do you pray for? And he goes, for peace between the Jews and the Arabs, for all the hatred to stop, for our children to grow up in safety with friendship. And the reporter says, well, how do you feel after this uh, 50 years of doing this? And the guy goes, like I'm talking to an effing wall. 
Because ah! <laughs> he is He's talking, talking to a wall. wall. That's why you'd feel that way. <laughs> Booyah! 633 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, traffic alert. E-Roadhog. A motor vehicle accident uh, has closed part of Center Street in Ludlow uh, from last night. It is still closed this morning. You're just certain to, of that? I am certain of that because I just okay. got uh, direct information that okay. it is still closed. Just after 11.40 p.m., the Ludlow police said Center Street was closed from Miller Street to Church Street while crews assist with a car versus pole crash. It's unclear if anybody was seriously injured, but uh, the pole is taking some time to clean up, and that will be for a couple more hours. Yeah, those things take a, those things take a while. Those were uh, not fun details if you thought you were going to get in and out of there fast. But, uh, um, grabbing a pole wouldn't be a fun detail? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 But think about all the money you'd be making in a detail like that. Yeah. Again, I, I was just not a big fan of standing on the road. I mean, if you could sit in the car like the state police do, that'd be pretty sweet. But uh, but exit 48 in Enfield is not still closed sitting from an in accident the, yesterday. Sitting in the car? Yeah. What state trooper does that? Don't they All normally just have a chair that's empty and like a thermos on the ground and not show up? No, no. Hey, remember the time that state trooper was sitting out on the side of the highway in a lawn chair? Uh, what is this? Any town, USA. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't <laughs> believe he was doing that. And then, the, and then one of the kids hit a baseball and it got him in the crotch. Yes. Yeah. I think he opened Andorra's box. Yeah. You mean Pandora's? She had one too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes with him sitting in the hallway, mm-hmm. just having it with a pipe, with the screen door yep. and the <laughs> yep, smoking a pipe, hitting the hitting the wind chimes with his fingers. And yelling at the kids yeah. on the street. Yeah. You're not getting your ball back. <laughs> it's mine now. <laughs> a uh, school van driver was charged with reckless child endangerment after she allegedly left a student with autism in the vehicle for several hours last week. Was that wrong? Was I not supposed to do that? <laughs> I got to plead ignorance here. Had I had known, I known. Had anyone told me. Sergeant Szymanski of the Munson Police Department said that uh, 45-year-old Erica DeJesus was criminally charged in connection with the September 16th incident. A report filed with the police department alleges DeJesus left a 3-year-old autistic child who attended Quarry Hill Community School without supervision inside the school van for three hours. School officials realized the child was missing after they reached out to the child's parents asking about their absence. The three-year-old was found inside the van, uh, school van safe and in a car seat. Did she know that it, the child was in the van? Uh, I, this is what I... There's no detail yeah. to what her excuse was for leaving the child, especially one that was in a car seat, too. Mm. Yeah, because, uh, you know, and I know some people would say, well, it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, it does matter. Right? You know, if she knew that the child was there and she left it there, that's that's a different level of uh, of seemingly should be a different level of criminality. Um, you know, I understand. Look, it's against the law even if you didn't know that the child was there. But when there's intent or there's knowledge, um, that would seemingly be worse. Yeah, I think the the negligence the negligence part comes when you didn't check the bus or van when you got out of it. Right. Because that's probably part of the policy is that you have to go through the bus right. to check. But I mean, if I were a bus driver, I'd be looking through every seat for you know, like you know loose change, you know dollar bills, anything valuable. Yeah, because elementary kids ca- carry a lot of cash. They right? got gun- they got lunch money, don't they? Mm, probably not anymore. They, don't they do it all with that Bitcoin? 
children. Kids. You're going to put Bitcoin in the hands of children. <laughs> you know, I uh, that happened to me when I was in kindergarten. I got uh, the bus driver didn't stop at the stop on the way home because mm-hmm. she I fell asleep in the seat and she didn't see me in the mirror. Oh, no boy. kidding. Well, I was short. You were the only kid at that stop? I was the only kid at that stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were other kids on the bus, but I was like one of the last ones, so nobody else really noticed that I wasn't getting up and leaving. Mm-hmm. So they had to take me all the way back to school and then put me on another bus for the older kids to go home. <laughs> I fell asleep on a city bus once. That was a mistake. What were you doing on a city bus? Taking the bus back home from my uh, from work. Not here. This was uh, many years ago, and I... Uh, I slept through my stop, and the bus just kept on going. And uh, the next stop was a really frightening neighborhood. And did you make it? You obviously made it out okay, but uh, well, I not was, necessarily. I was on the bus two hours longer than I wanted to be. Two hours? You fell asleep for two hours on a city bus? No. How did you do that? No, I slept, uh, I slept for about an hour, but it took an hour for everything to swing back to where my stop would have been. Other than and I never had a chance to thank him. Other than in San Francisco once, I don't ever remember taking any bus anywhere other than a school bus or a charter. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't ever remember needing it. Uh, other than being in San Francisco, uh, I don't remember ever needing it to get around. Yeah, I, well, you, sir, have never had your license taken away by the state of Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, too. I was working in Providence, and every day I would take the bus, because I didn't have a car, to Providence to Rehoboth. And then I'd have to walk two miles uh, to get home. And I liked it. But uh, there was just one day I was so tired that I uh, fell asleep through my stop. You have to do it barefoot in the winter? Well, it was summertime, but uh, I took off my shoes. Police. Just, just to prove the kind of uh, sacrifice I was willing to make for that job. Mm-hmm. Police in East Longmeadow arrested a man after what was described as a routine traffic stop when they discovered a large quantity of cannabis in the vehicle. According to a statement by uh, East Longmeadow Police Department, Officer Anthony Denny was uh, patrolling Westwood Avenue. That's oh, right here. Uh, that's here. What? Westwood Avenue. No way. Way? Yeah. We're that yeah. close? That close? Well, we don't know what end. You know, anytime any story from East Longmeadow, we're that close to it. Well, it's not a big town. Uh, yeah, but that's like, yeah, yeah we're like, a, we're, a, we're a side street. Yeah. Well, anyway, Officer Anthony Denny was patrolling Westwood Avenue when he saw a vehicle in front of him with an expired registration. After pulling the car over, Denny reports that he noticed a strong odor of cannabis and multiple burned cannabis cigarettes. Police then found large, uh, multiple large quantity bags of cannabis packaged for sale. Further investigation found what is speculated to be a small quantity of cocaine and a large amount of currency in the car. Oh, boy. It's a lot. Yeah. I thought the what's the deal with the smell of the marijuana? I thought we. I thought uh, they. Ch- I think they changed it originally. I mean, when I was working, y- you didn't have probable cause to to stop a car for the smell of burnt marijuana, uh-huh. but you did if you could smell fresh marijuana. Okay. Because that meant they were transporting as opposed to using. So, but but I believe they changed that since I left. And um, and now that marijuana is legalized, yeah, it's definitely different. It's it's based on weight. Shortly after the driver, 22-year-old Franco Fusco, was arrested on multiple charges. He was then brought to the Hamden County Jail pending his arraignment in Palmer District Court. Chicopee police are looking for the public's help in identifying two suspects in an armed robbery earlier this month. On September 8th, two suspects were involved in an incident in the Walgreens at 577 Meadow Street. 
the suspects were described as being over both six feet tall with medium to heavier set builds, and during the uh, incident, a gun was shown. If you have any information on who they are, please call the Chicopee Detective Bureau at 413-594-1740 and reference 21CHI-3695-OF. We'll continue to give you updates on this story as details are released. No, we won't. No, no, we will not. You're lucky we even gave you the case number. A new tradition was formed this week at the... at the Florence station with the discovery of a 1972 penny embedded in the concrete when the back parking lot was being repaved. Florence station of what? Northampton. Station of what? A train station? Bus station? I guess it was a train station. You shouldn't have to guess. It should be in the story. Well, whatever it may be, uh, the Northampton Fire and Rescue uh, said the penny was minted in the same year that the concrete had been last paved. And on Wednesday... The new slab was poured, and a new 2021 penny was added to the slab as, a tra- as the tradition has continued in the spirit of the find. Wow. <laughs> how could you not care about this? Wow, how- because it's, first of all, it's an incomplete story. I don't know whether this is a bus station or a fire station or a police station. I, I, I'm a- more shocked this wasn't your lead. Well, it sounds like a fire station now that you put the Northampton Fire Department uh, and the you know, rescue. Well, but that together. should be in the article. Well, it's not. I know, which is why we went, wow. Well, now now that you kind of figure out that it was a, maybe a fire station, mm. isn't that kind of cool that you put a new coin into the concrete just to mimic the old coin that was in the other slab of concrete? Nah. No, not really. I mean, because if I were, uh, say I was a homeless person in uh, the Florence section of uh, uh, Northampton, and I knew uh, I I was I was one penny short of uh, of uh, one straw penny yeah, exactly one straw penny short of uh, of a bottle of booze, and I knew that there was a penny buried in that concrete. Like I was reading the story earlier this morning. It wasn't in this country, but a guy uh, apparently in in some town in London or England somewhere they they use speed bumps to get people to slow down on on residential streets, not just in parking lots. And uh, I guess this guy was so tired of the of the speed bump in front of his house because he was constantly bottoming out from it that he dug it up. He he you know he took out a jackhammer and he basically dug up the whole uh, speed bump. Well, what if this homeless person who's one stropping away from a forty ounce beer uh, gets a hold of a jackhammer and knows that there's a penny in front of that fire station? All right, where's the homeless guy going to get his hands on power equipment? He might already have one. A jackhammer in his uh, in his encampment. Yeah, maybe his last job was you know working uh, with a jackhammer. And right, and he's when like he got fired. He he took it. And he's pushing a cart around with a jackhammer and a bunch of tin cans. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. It could happen. There's a uh, 27 year old man in Winter Haven, Florida, named Sir Dangerous Lashad London, and he was arrested on Tuesday after ki- allegedly kidnapping a woman and threatening her with a box cutter. First of all, his his name is Sir Sir Dangerous Lashad London. Isn't that isn't the Sir title something that is bestowed on one? Well, not necessarily. By the queen? No, you could uh, you and you you can name anybody anything you want in this country. All right, I mean, uh, I'm a little surprised by the name <laughs> Dangerous, as if you know the parents you know were basically predicting this kid's future path. Well, it's like having a last name Whiskey and you get pulled over for drunk driving. No, I know, I get it. 
It's uh, unclear what their relationship was, but they got into an argument, and Sir Dangerous flew into a rage. He tried to block her from leaving, and when she escaped to a car, he jumped inside with her and held a box cutter to her throat. Yep. He told her he was going to, quote, make her life miserable. She freed herself. Sounds like she already, he already did. She freed herself and managed to drive away, but then he chased her down in another vehicle and crashed into her. She was eventually able to get to the police. He's a bad breaker-upper. He's a very bad breaker-upper. Probably should have thought about that before you started dating a guy whose name was Dangerous. Sir Dangerous is facing nine charges, including uh, armed kidnapping, burglary, aggravated uh, battery, using a deadly weapon, Aggravated assault and grand theft. He's now known as Sir Apprehended. Ooh, but still dangerous. I like that little nickname. Yeah. You see, because he's apprehended. Exactly. And he's yeah, in custody. Well, and meant. then you kind of just. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. You're a Pioneer Valley forecast and choose to stay there in, but you know, there's no plumbing. There's none, none of that stuff. Um, and and they are coming from other countries. But I, I saw a headline this morning on Drudge that made me say. Colombia is uh, among the countries in Central America, right? Isn't Colombia in Central America? Uh, South America. It's South America? Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Well, uh, you know what? If if I were living in uh, Colombia right now, I certainly wouldn't be trying to come to the U.S. Colombia gives employees, uh, private employees, two days off paid for the death of a pet. No kidding. Yeah. I paid. know. I saw that. I thought that was pretty wild. Yeah, paid. I mean, I I, I can tell you right now that when Maggie goes, uh, two days is not going to be long enough. But what about her benefit? Benefit if you go first? Uh, it's going to be rough because no, she can't open cans. But if if she goes, my hope is she goes on. If I lived in Colombia, my hope would be that she goes on a Wednesday. That way I get Thursday, yeah. Friday off, plus the weekend. See, I should be able to come back by Monday. And this, in, in this company, you'd have to burn off one of your, uh, you'd have to burn off one of your personal days. Oh yeah, no, I'm not talking about this company. This company wouldn't do anything that fair. I would. Uh, well, I, there, would def- I, th- I think when you ask for time off, there is a, a note, uh, like a box to fill out for bereavement. Yeah, right. But they I want think- to see a death certificate of the dog. And, and it, in a difficult time uh, like that, yeah. how does one Where? find a death certificate for a dog? Exactly. And and what's the likelihood you're even going to run into a veterinarian at a party, so that you can ask right. for the death certificate? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, two paid days off. Uh, That's pretty, pretty sweet. Pretty pretty sweet. What do they get for uh, like vacation time? Can uh, you know other other countries do it a whole lot better than we do? Oh yeah, most countries do it better than we do. But I tell you, I would just keep uh, I would just keep adopting sickly pets. Yeah, like, like you're you're fostering elderly pets. <laughs> exactly. I go I go to the animal hospital. I go to the ICU. Uh, what do you got? It's probably got less than a week to live. Uh, here, here, here's this. Uh, here's yeah. this dog. All right, I'll take it. Then you do some like Angel of Mercy stuff, and then right. you you, know, you can get weeks at a time off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm a crazy cat lady. Had five of my cats die this week. I'll <clears> see you in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, just about 6.57. Max's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, I happen to be the doting father of three daughters. Oh, I swear to God, they're all mine. There are certain things about parenthood that are absolutely true. The primary of which is this. It is a parent's job to occasionally embarrass the living bejesus out of their children. I certainly do it, and I'm sure many of you have done it as well. 
It's also a good chance that our parents did it to us. It's the very stuff they don't tell you about in those parenting handbooks and manuals. At some point, you become an embarrassment to your children, either through your actions or through your words. And if you're doing it correctly, sometimes you get them with both. Case in point, I present to you Tom Brady Sr., the father of Tom Brady Jr., former quarterback of the New England Patriots. Remember that guy? Well, now that he's off playing with his new friends, Tom Brady's dad has been appearing in interviews, offering his take in his son's decision to leave New England. During a recent podcast, the host asked the old man whether he felt his son was vindicated, leaving the Patriots and winning a Super Bowl last season for Tampa. According to Tom Sr., quote, damn right, Belichick wanted him out the door last year and he threw 50 touchdowns. I think that's a pretty good year. Now, if I'm Tom Brady and I'm here in this conversation with my dad, knowing that I'll be heading into Foxborough in just 11 days to face all my old friends and my fans and my sponsors and everybody in the Gillette Stadium parking lot, the last thing I want to hear is my dad saying the wrong thing. You see... This is what I'm talking about. Tom Brady doesn't run his mouth off about the New England Patriots, but the old man, that's a different story. So, yes, even Tom Brady gets embarrassed by his father. So let that be a lesson to all you youngsters. If we aren't embarrassing you kids from time to time by embellishing your achievements or exposing your deeper secrets to the public, then we're just not doing our jobs. But hey, the MMI Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. You know, they call it the Better Living Center at the Big E for a reason. And I know why. Because Rockies is there with a Traeger Wood Fire Grill. And if you get your hands on a Traeger Wood Fire Grill, you are definitely living better. Available now at Rockies with Traeger and the Better Living Center at the Big E. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Springfield's Classic Rock at 709 and Bon Jovi on Rock 102. Uh, not a bad day today. Let me uh, just look at this again. Partly cloudy, slight chance of a shower, and a high of 80. It, it's going to continue, though, to be very humid, which is what uh, what it was yesterday. Um, you know, and I'm sure I'm I'm sure this is going to be much more complicated than I know because uh, everything is. But uh, first of all, they're saying they said last night on NBC News, they're repeating it again this morning on the on the Today Show that we may be uh, on the other side of this. Um, of this surge of the Delta virus. Numbers are starting to go down. Hospitalizations, deaths are starting to drop. They said for uh, a week, which is the first time in three months that the numbers have started going down, which is which is good. Um, what I'm amazed by, and, and this is the first time this has really happened in our lifetime, or at the very least that I can remember, uh, which isn't saying much, but you know, the vaccine, whether it was Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson, was free, is free to uh, all Americans to get it. Now, granted, the government paid for it, but I, I was reading this article yesterday. It was talking about how, you know, even even if we were 80, 90, 95% vaccinated in this country, you know, and they're talking about it because of the boosters. Everybody's talking about wanting to get a booster while there are other countries out there where people haven't even gotten one shot yet. I don't even like sitting in a booster. Uh, no. Well, at the barber, I didn't mind it. Uh, but but there, there are a lot of countries where people haven't even gotten a single one yet. And this, this story I was reading yesterday was about either Moderna or Pfizer or J&J not uh, wanting to give the recipe, for lack of a better phrase, um, to other countries 
so that they can make the virus. And and when I say it's not that simple, I mean there are uh, there's a lot of things that are needed in the manufacturing process of these drugs that these other countries also don't have. Well, so I, the idea is is that the US hmm. will pay for these drugs. We've already done this with 1.1 billion of these uh, of these shots that we have given to other countries. And and that's, you know, is it our responsibility to make sure the rest of the world is vaccinated? Well, I think it is for any developed country. I think we can participate in it, but ultimately it does fall in the hands of the leaders of those particular countries. And, you know, whether they have the infrastructure to make that happen. If they don't, then, you know, then of course we assist. But aren't there other uh, pharmaceutical companies that have vaccines that are operating purely in other countries around the world, not necessarily in the United States? I'm not sure. I think there's like at least one or two that are providing a, a, a vaccine, um, you know, elsewhere around the world. Mm. So, I mean, does does the government, does the United States government do what they can to facilitate uh, extra vaccine being distributed throughout the world? I mean, I would think we, we, we probably would. I would think that the company, now I get it, okay? You're talking about a pandemic. We're not talking about the flu. Uh, we're talking about a pandemic that can that can go through this globe, through this world uh, a number of times and, and and take out millions and millions of people. And that these drug companies who are able to, and God knows this is incredible, that they were able to create this vaccine this fast. But um, when you have the opportunity... And I don't want to be over dramatic here, but when you have the opportunity to save mankind, do you do you still worry about your profits? Well, <laughs> again, uh, if you're a pharmaceutical company, yes, well, you do because if you're not concerned with your profits, you can't make the vaccines that people need. Well, there was also uh, you know discussion in this in this story yesterday about, you know, they, we talked about this with Trump, about how the president can order private companies. There, there's an act, there's a law that he's uh, entitled to use that can force companies. It's like It was like when we needed all those PPEs and there were, there were companies that were being told to, you know, rejigger their, uh, their manufacturing process so they could make masks or they could make this or they could make that. The same thing exists, and the, and President uh, Biden could do the same thing as well. And actually, that was brought up in one of those stories, and I can't remember the reason why he doesn't use that act right now. But um, but that does seem like the kind of thing where you would say, okay, look, I understand that you're not going to make any money on this, or you might even lose some money, but you know what? We need to save the world. We need to make sure that—, that we can continue to travel from one country to another, that, that we're not all just going to be shutting ourselves off and then hoping that all of our citizens get the vaccine and then we can stay amongst sure. ourselves. But you are, un but, uh, but you understand. I mean, you're old enough to understand this. Uh, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Well, nobody wants lunch. It's not about lunch. It's about things that are free. Nothing is free. Eh. Somebody has got to pay for it. The manufacturing, the distribution, uh, the destruction of it—if it, if it uh, becomes, uh, you know, expired, 
you know, all the materials that it takes to make the vaccine, it all costs money. So to say, well, it's, you know, it's all free and, you know, couldn't we just force them to make it for free? You know, that kind of defies the idea of what a business is all about. They can't go broke making a vaccine. They still have well, to they, operate. They can't exist and continue to do business if the population dies. Yeah, but see, they're making something that would prevent that from happening. Right. But if, but you, if they're but not if you, giving it to enough people. But if you cripple them and make it impossible to do business, then what you're basically doing is destroying a supply chain because of a mandate. And, you know, there are certain mandates that make sense and certain mandates that do not. This is somewhat of a communist uh, you know, point of view. The government isn't the one who has the ability to make this stuff. They can only help distribute what these companies have made. And by the way, there are free stuff. I, I've gotten a lot of free stuff in this job. Somebody had to pay for that. No, nah, not really. I mean, uh, well, I mean, if somebody paid for it and then they gave it away, yeah, it's still free for me. It may be free for you, but that does not mean it's free to produce or to give you. What about when somebody uh, buys me a drink? Somebody had to pay money to make sure you got your drink. What if the bartender gave me the drink? Then the bartender pays for the drink. The bartender's not paying for the drink. Although I, I will tell you this. Uh, no, never mind. I won't tell you that. But, uh, but I, I don't think that's always true. I think sometimes there are free things. There is no. At some point, every little thing costs somebody something. And uh, to think that you're just going to get everything for free, free lunch, free health care, uh, you know, free tires, you know, free magazine subscriptions, a free tote bag. You're getting nothing for free. Nothing well, again, is uh, totally for free. This is obviously a very, very rare incident. It's not like this happens every five years, every 10 years. It's pretty much at this point every 100 years. And and if it's something that can affect the globe, then and and then all of a sudden you come up with the answer, you right. know, a vaccine. But it's like anything else. Okay, say I'm uh, I'm the owner of Pfizer. I'm Mister Pfizer. Okay, you couldn't do that job. I know that. I'm saying this is a hypothetical situation. And I let's hope say so. I have uh, the wherewithal to make a vaccine that could uh, end COVID. Well, in order for me to put that vaccination together, I need to go and have contracts with other uh, vendors to give me all the supplies and all the the uh, the chemicals uh, to put it together. And then I have to pay the chemists to put it together. Then I have to mass produce it. Then I have to take it out of my uh, my warehouse and get it onto the streets and into the hands of pharmacies or you know whoever else is going to do going to administer these these things yeah but you're mr pfizer i'm mr pfizer in order for me to get the materials i me have to make sure someone gets paid so i can receive those materials i don't know i think you pick up the phone and you say hey this is pfizer here and people are going to be like, wait, you mean Mr. Pfizer? And you'd be, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, what, what can we do for you, sir? Because they know you. They know how long you've been around. They know how successful you've been. Yeah. And uh, when Mr. Pfizer calls, people jump. Sure. But I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be successful if I were just giving away things for free. All the time, yes, that's true. But in that one in a hundred years occasion, when there's a mass global 
pandemic, I think you kind of have a responsibility to step up to the plate, Mr. Pfizer. Listen, if governments want to help subsidize the cost of, of this vaccine, that would be one thing. But if you notice, a subsidy is a cost. I mean, someone's got to pay. So it's it's not like something is for free. There's constant you know, exchanges of money to make this happen. It may not be coming out of your pocket as the person receiving the vaccine, but it is most definitely coming out of somebody's pocket to make sure that you don't have to pay for that vaccine. You know, you sound more like Mr. Sackler than Mr. Pfizer. I don't even know who Sackler is. Sacklers are the ones who just got nailed for billions of dollars uh, of making oxycontin no 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 yeah. I, what i'm do, what i'm telling you is 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 really the way economics works nah. nothing nothing just happens because the government tells them to there's got to be some level of monetary exchange it's called an economy and that still goes on even in uh, the toughest of times. We're living in a society, you know, yeah, yeah. Mr. Pfizer. Not if the government is all of a sudden uh, taking hold of a company and telling them what to do. Not so much of a society at all, and I don't think you'd want to live in that kind of society. I think I'm going to your next shareholders meeting. I don't care for the way Mr. Pfizer handles his public relations. It's 720 with Bax and O'Brien. It's seven, almost 724 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. Yeah, I still think you're wrong, and now I can prove it. I remember two years ago when I went to the Big E, and I, uh, and I saw uh, Poppy's Onion Rings, the, the big truck there uh, with Poppy's Onion Rings. Yeah. And I went up there, and I said, yes, I'd like a, uh, an order of onion rings, please. And Poppy himself recognized me and uh, got me the onion rings, and he said, here, it's on me. Now, Poppy didn't pay for those onion rings. No, but Poppy took the loss. Took a loss. Did you uh, did you pay to park your car that day? Yes, of course. Did they you, don't let you not do that. Did uh, you have to pay to get into the park? Oh yes. You know the 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 Big E is a hell of a lot more stronger than Moderna or Pfizer. Did uh, did Poppy have to pay for his space at the Big E? I would imagine he probably did. Does he have to uh, provide a certain percentage of his sales I would to think the Big so, E? Probably. Well, then you didn't get that for free. I got it for free. No, you didn't. Yes, you I did. I didn't take any money out of my pocket. Your um. Your definition of free, free is, yeah, I know, it, it, that's, that's why I'm asking. It's a rhetorical question. I knew what the answer was going to be. I know, that, was, that just threw the whole thing off. But uh, uh, ultimately, Poppy takes the loss mm. on those uh, those onion rings, as good as they may be. Speaking of getting into the Big E for free, I, I, bet, I bet the governor does. And uh, no, he's going no. there this he, morning. He's got to stand in line like everybody <laughs> yeah, else. I don't think so. And or he bought his bought, he uh, bought his tickets at the Big Y uh, or online. Well, maybe that's it. Yeah, they're, they're going to stop at the Big Y on Memorial Drive, Memorial Avenue, uh, on their way to the Big E. But uh, sure, it would be nice to talk to the governor. You know, we haven't talked to him in a while. He's right across the uh, bridge. Jeez, you'd think uh, you'd think they'd reach out to us. And say, be... Hey, how'd you like to talk to the governor? Today? Well, I, I don't know who's in his office anymore. I, I don't know who's running the show. Well, but but clearly, he's not the one setting up his own uh, oh, no. his, his own interviews. No. It, it's somebody from the Boston area that completely forgets that we're here. He's not even the one dialing the phone for God's sake. No, it, he didn't have to do anything. Somebody's doing it for him. And well, I bet he gets a lot of free stuff. I bet you he doesn't. Uh, the well, governor gets the free stuff. But That's yet we all, said. but somebody all pays for it. Mm, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, that's the, the way the world works. It's uh, 726. News is next to Rock 102. 730 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month receives 60% off installation with no money down, no payments, and no interest for a full year. Visit yankeehomeimprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Traffic alert. Road hug. A motor vehicle accident that happened last night on Center Street in Ludlow has uh, closed uh, Center Street from Miller Street to Church Street. So, still? Still, the pole is still being put up. Hmm. It takes a while. Yeah, well, I know. You I gotta, told you that last hour. You got to grease the pole. Uh-huh. You got to grease the politicians. That's right. Have you seen the pole? No, you're going to uh, see the pole. Who wants to see the pole? Uh, they all want to see the pole. No, I don't think they do. A uh, Feeding Hills man was arrested on Tuesday for speeding on Memorial Avenue in West Springfield during heavy car and pedestrian traffic. According to the West Springfield Police, an officer was driving on Memorial Avenue near Gate 1 of the Big E around 6.30 p.m. when a motorcyclist riding a 2009 Yamaha FZ, uh, Michael Rios of Feeding Hills, began gesturing at the officer that traffic was too slow. Hey, this traffic's too slow. Why don't you speed up that hand wave in there, pal, huh? Uh, Rios allegedly then rapidly accelerated by the officer and cut off the police cruiser after passing it. The officer oh. attempted a traffic stop of the motorcyclist, who then drove away, reaching speeds of 65 to 80 miles per hour outside of the fairgrounds with heavy car and foot traffic. The officer did not pursue the motorcycle for the safety of pedestrians, but informed nearby traffic officers of the incoming motorcycle. And near Gate 4, an officer heard the bike coming down the road and stopped all pedestrians from crossing. As Rios uh, approached Gate 4, his bike began to skid, fishtail, then lose control. As he (laughs) regained control of the motorcycle, the officer was able to grab Rios and stop him. Yeah. Grabbed him right off the bike. This is what happened. Well, it sounds like he was falling off it anyway, but... uh... Did this, I was going to say, did the story at any point say his name is Rios and he's sliding on the sand? Ah, you know, I was trying to think of a good line for that, but I couldn't. But good for you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what happens when you have cops every 35 feet, which they basically do for 17 days uh, along Memorial Avenue. So, you know, it, yeah, the traffic is going to move slow. Uh, because it's the Big E, and if you don't know that and you're getting frustrated because it's not moving fast enough, mm. taking off with that many pedestrians is not a good idea. I may have to go the Big E because I'm feeling hungry like the wolf. Oh, oh, I see, yeah, yeah. see, that's two Duran Duran yeah. references in a row. Well, I, I wanted to go, but I find that uh, it's not really an ordinary world down there. Ooh, oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, uh-huh. I find that sometimes when I eat on all them uh, baked potatoes and cream puffs, I get the reflux. Flux, 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 flux. Oh, oh yeah. Be yeah. careful how you say yeah. that. Oh, I got to be very careful. Yeah. The uh, let's see, uh, Patsy's Ristorante on North Main Street in East Longmeadow will close its doors this Saturday after 41 years in business. Owners uh, Chef Pasquale Patsy and uh, Philomena Santanella Lacori announced their retirement on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, we want to thank each uh, one of our loyal customers from the bottom of our hearts for all your love, patronage, and support over the years. We also want to thank our incredible staff for your hard work and dedication to Patsy's Ristorante. Damn fine food over there. Gonna be uh, gonna be tough to to find places to go. Asian is uh, what will be replacing it. I Asian know. food. I know. I mean, yeah, that, nothing wrong with Asian food. I love that too. But that margarita pizza was something awesome over there. 
Awful good. Yeah, you know, this is one of the places, again, that I went to once years ago, mm-hmm. probably 15, 16 years ago, and then uh, always wanted to go back, but then now it's going to be gone uh, Same here. Saturday. Yep. I did the same thing. And and didn't uh, a few years ago, didn't they redo their outside deck? Uh, yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah, they that, did. That was nice, too, because I love a place that has outside food. Yeah. Not necessarily that close to all that exhaust. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? I never, uh, I never got a chance to go to that other one, uh, the one down at the X there, uh, the Italian place. Oh, uh, uh, typical, typical Sicilian? Sicilian? Yeah, but it's I was right good here too. now. Yeah, but that's only takeout. Yeah, I know, but it's the same food. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you like to sit down and eat as opposed to well, grab your pasta. It's more about the bucket. I haven't seen anybody eat pasta <laughs> well, by the bucket on you, the corner yet. I bet I bet I don't think it was open this year for the Fourth of July parade, but I bet next year you will. You'll see people sitting out there in lawn chairs yeah. July first. All right. Because they're they're looking to reserve their spot and have a bucket of meatballs while they wait. So I saw this gross video last week. It was a guy uh, that somebody was filming. He was an Uber Eats driver or rider. He was uh, riding a bike. You know, some of them ride bikes yeah. in bigger cities. Right. He's on the corner and he's going through all of the food and sticking his hands in and oh, taking oh, out, oh, making his own dish, hmm. and then putting everything back in the bag and then stapling the bag back up as if he didn't go in the he bag. He had his own stapler. He had his own stapler. <laughs> oh, you got money for staplers, huh? Yeah, right. But you don't have money <laughs> for your own food. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you think about that. Who's who's handling your food by the time it gets to you? Yeah. Man, uh, I'd rather not think of it that well, way. Either, either way, it's a shame to see uh, Patsy close. But you know what? After 41 years, he and his uh, wife deserve to retire. So congratulations to them. The official tap to oversee the state prison's response to the coronavirus pandemic has been placed on paid leave following questions about his potential involvement in a wrongful death lawsuit that was settled several years earlier. Seth Peters was placed Tuesday on paid administrative leave from his position as ombudsman. I know it's a hard word to say. Ombudsman. It's a. It sounds like uh, you're some sort of uh, maybe. Uh, what do they call it? Lumberjacks or something. The ombudsman. I thought a budsman was uh, someone who grew weed in their backyard. That's a budsman, but oh, not yeah. an ombudsman. Anyway, uh, for the Department of Correction. Uh, according to WBUR, he was named in a report to lawmakers last week as the first person to hold the newly created position. The broadcaster asked if Peters was the same Seth Peters who was accused in a lawsuit of falsifying records while working as an EMT for UMass Memorial. No, no, no. That was a completely different Seth Peters. No, that's Seth Peters with the mustache. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when responding to a man having a heart attack in 2008, that Seth Peters allegedly had, a man walked, had the man walk down three flights of stairs. He later died, and Peters allegedly altered reports and was accused of lying to investigators. UMass settled the suit for $1 million. Yeah, I know how tough it is to carry a a, a, a gurney or even one of those chairs down that many flights of stairs. It ain't easy. Look, I know I have uh, emergency medical experience, but you, sir, I'm not carrying you down these stairs. Carry you? You want to get in that ambulance? you got to walk all the way down yourself. I promise you when you get there, I'll help you in, but come on. Three flights of stairs, you're uh, fine. The uh, report to lawmakers says Peters previously worked as a public health official in Worcester, which is where the EMT of the same name involved in the lawsuit was also later employed. The broadcaster was not able to reach Peters for comment. The uh, 
ombudsman role is independent from the Department of Corrections and is charged with setting standards of care related to coronavirus pandemic and monitoring compliance with those standards. They really are not able to know whether this is the same one? I don't think it's that they don't know. He's been placed on administrative leave, so they obviously know something. Well, I mean, he's placed on administrative leave for his latest offense, but do they not know whether or not he's the same guy who was the EMT that did this? There is no latest offense. This is why he's been removed. Uh, oh, I thought there was. I thought this was a new thing, and they're asking about an old thing. No, he was placed on leave following questions about his potential involvement in a wrongful death lawsuit that was sever- settled several years earlier. Of the guy who had to walk down his own stairs. Right. Yeah, I see. Again, uh, these people who are in uh, medical stre- medical distress uh, expect people to help them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get yeah. it. They, they don't do anything for yeah. themselves. Oh, you're sick? Well, where do you get off thinking you're more important than the other sick guy? The uh, hope for return of students uh, today to South Hadley High School uh, to begin in-person learning has been scrapped because of the ongoing mold problem. Officials are now saying classes in the building are planned for Tuesday. Morning. This is uh, confirmed in a letter to the State Department of Elementary and Secondary Education from South Hadley Superintendent of Schools, Jamal Mosley. With more cleaning and testing uh, needing to be done, the building is not currently suitable for staff and students' occupancy. That September 21st letter to DESE from Mosley says. I forget. forget. Are they doing remote learning? Yeah, they applied to get permission to remote learn for like four or five days. But did they get it, and have they started it? Yes, and that's why they're asking for more time on the Mm -hmm. remote learning, because otherwise they're going to have to— There has been 15 days of school in which the high school students will be credited with a third of those days, and that 10 of them must be made up in order to meet the mandate of 180 instructional days. I I just don't get for all the— I mean, they talked about alternative locations, and they never seemingly followed up on that. You know, it's interesting. We've learned an awful lot about mold in the last uh, few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the courthouse, uh, South Hadley High School. 45 Fisher Avenue. 45 Fisher Meadow. Avenue. Yeah. Uh, Steve was able to find a Petri dish, a uh, scientifically, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. accurate Petri dish, which is suddenly growing hair, uh, sprouting uh, arms and legs, uh, yeah. lifting weights, reading books. This mole has got a mind of its own, and it keeps uh, growing out of this Petri dish. Yes. Well, thank God there's nobody here working with, say, uh, uh, compromised lungs or on some type of heavy-duty medication. Mm-hmm. Because I'm certain if that were the case, they would move the person out of the building. Yeah. The only uh, culture that has been brought to uh, 45 Fisher <laughs> Avenue is the, is the mold growing in that Petri dish <laughs> out there in the hallway. That's what we were just talking about. I know. I'm just talking about the culture that is brought to you. Get it? It was a play on words. It was a, yeah, culture. Oh, like I you're see. Culture, culture and culture uh, yeah. have different We're meanings. Equal opportunity employer, and we bring culture and diversity. Uh, mm-hmm. Culture now meaning. we have a diverse set of uh, spores yeah. in that petri dish. Comedy's not funny if you have to explain it. No, to it's not. Not at all. <laughs> I'm with you, Steve. I'm laughing. Not outside. funny either. <clears throat> no, it's not. No, it is not, uh, but it is kind of funny that nobody really does anything about it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And that here I sit. The, uh, they said, thank you for considering our request for an extension of remote learning for an additional two days as it will allow us to provide students with consistent learning while the building is clean, tested, and prepared for safe occupancy. Mosley thank you said. for consideration. Yeah. It's like, look, the, we got a mold problem in the building. We're not going to bring these kids in here and these teachers to have them uh, possibly deal with this stuff. 
you have to make accommodations. They're thanking them like, uh, you know, and, and, and we heard the State Department of Education saying, well, no, you can only have five days. If we, if the school burned down, what would you do? Um, well, you'd get another school. Well, you'd hope so, but in the time that it took to do that, since they couldn't even have the time to move to Holyoke Community College or the Holyoke Mall or Elms College like they spoke of, it, it seems to me that I don't understand well, why the Department of Education would be giving them a hard time. Well, where is the money coming from? I think that's probably what it is. It's probably the cost of doing all these things. When you have the mold remediation, you might be able to file an insurance payment, but that ain't going to happen right away, and mm. you're going to have to come up with that money right away. And you're talking about, what do they, they quote, almost $800,000 right. to clean it up. So if you have $800,000 for that, how are you going to afford renting out a, a, a remote location for these kids? I don't know, but still, it, it's hard to believe that the Department of Education isn't just saying, look— we understand you're in a very untenable situation here right now. Do whatever you need to do to be able to get these kids learning, mm. and we'll give you credit for it. I, I, I just I don't get that part. Uh, according to uh, Copia County, Mississippi, Mississippi Sheriff Byron Swilly, a body was found inside of a vehicle in Copia County. Sheriff Swilly said a man drove the vehicle from Byram to Copia County, but realized that there was a body inside of the vehicle's trunk. Hmm. Uh, Coroner uh, Ellis Stewart said two men found the car in Byram with a free car sign on it and oh, a key inside. Sweet. That's like uh, when the, Jerry did that when, yeah. when he had the valet stink in it. W Wiley Coyote with the uh, free bird seed. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They drove the car to Copia County and looked inside after arriving at a family member's home. The body has been identified as 34-year-old Anthony McCrillis. Stewart said his body had been in there for several days and was found without clothes. Yeah, free car, but it smells so bad. Well, that's just it. It's, a, it's the rampant B.O. You can't uh, even mutant. separate the B from the O. The mutant B.O., I mean. Byron uh, Police Chief uh, David Arrington said he was identified through his tattoos and confirmed through his immediate family member of his identity. Arrington said the victim's vehicle was seen in Byram and Jackson over the last few days. Police have not determined uh, where the original crime took place. Okay, so it was his car. Yeah. And uh, somebody wrote free he car. He clearly did not write the free car sign. <laughs> Unless he did. The trunk. Unless he did, he uh, he planned the whole thing out. Look, I'm gonna get naked. I'm gonna get in the back of this trunk. But before I do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give somebody this vehicle. And then what? He suffocated to death. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I, I don't. It sounds more like he was probably murdered and stuffed in the trunk. Well, this is and why, for whatever I don't, reason, they decided to put a free card sign. This on. is why I would never buy a car from like Facebook Marketplace. You don't know what kind of bodies are still in the trunk, or whether yeah. you have to go to the bottom of a lake to find it. Uh, you know, it's it's like when people put stuff out at the curb, it says free. It's because they know the town won't pick it up. It, it, you know, it's not it's it's a material of some kind that the uh, recyclers won't grab and the and the garbage men won't grab. So you put a sign on it that says free. Uh, I bought something on Facebook Marketplace last week. I bought a, a bottle of riding mower. And how'd that work out? You bought a riding mower? I did. You know what? But I think I need a snowblower. Well, you should probably go on mm. Facebook Marketplace and find yourself one. What did I do? I bought something. Oh, that the, the Stairmaster, because you helped me come, go and get it. That's where I got the Stairmaster. From I Facebook? Should, yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm willing to do that for you again. No, I wouldn't ask you to do that again. But but I should do that again. Go go there and yeah. find the snowblower. Well, you have a Facebook account. Yeah, I know that you could be using. Right I know. Now. <laughs> yeah, I think I might try that. Why why go to why go to a major retailer and pay full price? Well, uh, you can get uh, you can get pretty much anything on Facebook Marketplace. You I know. can even yeah. get uh, vapes for your marijuana. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, are, are you willing to spend a little bit more money to get that snowblower fixed if it's broken and not working uh, no, adequately? I, why would I buy it if it were broken? No, well, because some people buy things you know to restore them. Yeah, no. In fact, I would like to buy one from somebody who like uh, m- moving to Florida need to sell snowblower so you know the thing is virtually new but it's not mm. and uh, and i know it's gonna run fine that's like this uh this lawnmower i bought this guy was clearly moving yeah and uh took good care of it mm-hmm. it's in pretty good shape i don't think they have a lot of snowblowers at, at tag sales do they Mm, usually they're gone before anybody right. gets to them. And right. if they if they do, they're probably not working all that well. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you you'd have to be one of those uh, stalkers, you know, the ones that drive up to the the site of the tag sale twenty minutes before it starts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're yeah. selling an eighteen uh, an eighteen hundred dollar snowblower for twenty five cents, there's usually something wrong with it. Yeah, I don't think anybody's selling any. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It's going to be mostly sunny with a high of 81. Tomorrow, thunderstorms and rain showers possible, high of 68. It's 71 right now in downtown Springfield. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. It's Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 753. And the Steve Miller Band on Rock 102. There's an ass load of snowblowers on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's Some a, of them look pretty nice. Some of them look like, are you kidding me? You actually posted that piece of crap? This is, this is why I'm saying you gotta be you got to be careful with what oh, yeah. the, you're getting. But, but yeah, yeah, some of them are, uh, yeah. some, some people are moving and, and can't use a snowblower. Right, right. So uh, I, I've talked before about, you know, I'm into this whole uh, Dateline thing all of a sudden. Um, and it's usually, uh, is it oxygen? Yeah, I think it's oxygen, the oxygen network that, that shows it almost constantly. And, uh, when I, when I hear Keith Morrison doing one, I usually go, ah, I don't want to watch this episode. Cause I just, there's something about his voice that I can't stand. And they just had him on the today show because they did a story about people's fascination with true crime. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this yesterday, the Gabby Petito case. How many people are on the internet trying to solve this case? How many people did it for this uh, Netflix documentary for this woman in in Los Angeles who was staying in a hotel and went missing? Uh, but they had Keith Morrison do the you know they had the packaged piece before they did an interview with him and uh, and they had him deliver deliberately end it with or was it? <laughs> it's like oh my god. <laughs> See, even even he knows he's a cartoon of himself. I I think he I think he must uh, you know or or I don't know. I mean maybe he maybe he really does think you know it's like Cy Becker. It, you know it, it's almost the same thing with Cy Becker. You think about how he you know his voice uh, <laughs> is very very different sure, in yeah. presentation. Absolutely, and uh, and it's the same thing with Keith Keith Morrison, but. Uh, it is kind of uh, an interesting fascination. I can't believe they brought divers in 
to uh, try to find uh, the laundry kid. And uh, this is, these are these are gator and snake infested waters. And and you're gonna go in there as a diver? Yeah, no, I'm a, I'd, I'd be all set. Yeah, I, no I don't, way. I'm not a volunteer. This is where uh, being a hero is not my kind of thing. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to volunteer for that kind of thing. You know, I mean, again, I don't. There's a lot of things I find very confusing about this case. Again, he came back September first. He and she were living in his parents' house. Uh, her parents didn't report her missing for ten days. September eleventh mm-hmm. is when they did it. Then he went missing from his parents' house for three days. Before anybody bothered to say, "Hey, where's uh, where's the laundry?" and uh, just there, there's some things in this timeline that I'm finding very confusing, and 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 I'm sure you know the information is probably somewhere. It's just not being presented in these 90 second packages at, uh, on the on the network news at night. But you know, I I just obviously if this kid has a, a cell phone or a bank card, they are obviously watching those two things, unless he left them behind at home. If he never took a bank card and he never took a cell phone, then you got to think, okay, maybe he went out to kill himself. But if he has either of those two things, the ability to trace him or follow activity on it uh, should seemingly, you know, make you not have to dive in crocodile and snake-infested water. Alligator. Snake-infested water. <laughs> are no crocodiles. Scott Zolak will be joining us in just a few minutes. Brought to you by the Leah Auto Group. We're going to talk about Patriots football with Scott in just a few. It's 758 at Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 810 and the doors on Rock 102. Not a bad day today. Sunshine or partly cloudy with a slight chance of a shower and a high of 80. It is 70 in downtown Springfield. All right. Uh, Steve is trying to get uh, Scott Zolak on the phone right oh, really? now. Oh, really? Yeah. Scott just complained last week about being on hold for so well, long. Well, I mean, now he's uh, now he's waiting. Now he's putting us on hold. Oh. So it's all even Steven. I and yet see. Steven is the conduit uh, to all of it. Yes, he is uh, on the phone this right now from Foxborough. It's Scott Zolak brought to you by the Leah Auto Group. Go on, Scott. How are you? Oh, it's sticky here. Sticky in Foxborough. Yeah, it's sticky all I'm over ready. the state. I'm ready for fall. Like, you know, they do all this leaf peeping stuff. They got all these advertisements come out to you guys, see all the leaves. Yeah. Leaves are turning. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It still feels like freaking summer. I'm ready for fall. Yeah. I'm not. I hate fall. I'm never ready for fall. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Scott. I'm, I, uh, <laughs> to me, fall's the best part of the whole year. Oh, but, like, I'm skinny fat. So, like, like I look okay, but, like, technically you're skinny fat. You sweat in this type of weather. It's not good for guys like me. Yeah. yeah. Well. I'm I'm just fat, fat, and you know what? I uh, I kind of agree with you. Sometimes uh, a little sweater would be would be fine. I'm drinking uh, pumpkin uh, coffees. I'm I'm going yeah. out and watching football. That's really all that matters to me right now. That's all that matters. That's, That's all it. that matters. Beer sales are up. Let's go. I just really enjoy as someone who's been to Florida a lot and uh, and and even been to Raymond James Stadium. It's just so much cooler to tailgate in t-shirts and shorts. Than bundled up in the parking lots in Foxborough. It's true. It's true. And uh, we got another beauty on Sunday here, one o'clock, and it's going to be seventy-six, partly cloudy, but another gorgeous. That's three in a row. Three that's in a row nice. of uh, gorgeous Sundays. And watch it'll freaking rain and be like a 
sideways win next week when Tampa comes about. <laughs> yeah, probably. Hey, I mean, let me ask you a question because, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure you had bad games in your career. I mean, uh, it's inevitable. It, uh, well, okay. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen quarterbacks have bad games. Oh, yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah, Zach Wilson goes out there and stinks up the joint with four interceptions. Now, if you go through New York Jets history, you realize that as bad as that team has been, it's very rare when a quarterback from the Jets has a day like that. How do you recover? Yeah, it, from, how do you even recover from something like that? It, it's hard because it, it does weigh on your mind. Um, I remember I had a five five interception game against North Carolina State my senior year at Maryland. We ended up winning the game. Uh, shockingly, but it, there became a point where a pass is called, and you're thinking, "Oh God, I can't throw another one. That'd be six. You know, <laughs> then it starts. You start doing the tally in your head. But hey, this kid's known for sort of being like that Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre type, off the back foot, and you know, sort of no risk it, no biscuit. You got you got to put it downfield. Um, he's so young that he he won't remember that. But what what he will remember is getting killed and getting hit. You know, the seven pressures by uh, Judon get knocked all over the place. They turned they turned guys loose probably on every other pass play, and they abandoned the run. They were running the ball well. They don't protect the kid, where on the other hand, you watch Mac Jones, they really protect him and have him sort of manage games, and that's not the case with Zach Wilson. You know, I, I noticed uh, I noticed this last year a lot more, two years ago, actually, when, when Tom was playing uh, with the Patriots, and and I used to blame Belichick for this. You know, you got a 25, 30 point lead. It's the fourth quarter, and Tom is still out there quarterbacking. But Bruce Aarons just kept him in there that same way on Sunday. Is there is there not a desire on the owner or someone to get the best guy off the field when it's already in the bag? Well, a lot of that's on Tom too. Tom doesn't want to come off the field. Tom never wants to come off the field. Um, I think it's just a message. Like when you do that, you you sort of call the dogs off. You know, you're 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 not waving a white flag, but you're telling everybody, "Hey, we got this in the bag. Everybody ease up." And then you have something screw up, and somebody has a turnover or a penalty, and next thing you know, first team's back in there. It's sort of an indicator. You know, if you have a really good team, a good veteran team, I think you can do that, which Brady did have here at the end, which is you know good to your question there. Um, but Bill doesn't like taking guys out of games, and Tom doesn't like coming out of games, and. Arians probably leaves it on Tom, and Tom said, "I ain't coming out." Yeah. But I, Tom but, that team down there. But Scott, I also think a, a good deal of that also has to be about whether the offensive line is playing a good game. I mean, if if right. the guy's not getting protection and he's getting scrambled all over the place, getting his you know his head pile dried into the ground, well, yeah. then of course you got to take him out. But if if you've got a guy who's getting plenty of protection and and they're not getting to him, he could spend all day out there and not to have to worry. Sure. And yeah, and in theory, you know, if you're running the ball, it's fine. You know, at the end of the game, you're just killing clock. Um, and it really, it's the time of year, too. I mean, we're two games in. Tom's pretty healthy. So he's like 100%. If you get to week 15, 14, and you have that situation, guys are dealing with, you know, sprained knees, you know, sore ribs. Yeah, you get them out of games. I, th- I think the situation at the time of year helps dictate, you know, that situation also. So we heard the other day that uh, Robert Kraft had some kind of a party with the Rolling oh, yeah. Stones there. Was that for the team or, like, just his personal friends? Well, I'm in that group. So I was one of the 200 that oh, was lucky, lucky enough to get the invite. Oh. Um, Robert's done this. We didn't do it during the pandemic year. But, mm. like, the last four years, we did the Stones five years ago. So we saw them five years ago. Um, and then the next one was Paul McCartney. And the next one was Elton John. <laughs> and they went back to the Stones. 
So, uh, yeah, it was the first time I think he saw the Stones without, um, uh, obviously, uh, Charlie Watts. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. This luckily, guy's got some money, enough, huh? Mr. Kraft's generous enough to uh, include me in his friend group. So, yeah. Uh, I've benefited from those shows. You know, wow. our company throws us a party, we get a free car wash. It's not exactly <laughs> yeah, the same yeah. thing. That, so, that, that's cool. <laughs> We even run these. You got to come to the Peasley Christmas party, man. We blow it out downtown in Boston. Man. Oh, listen. was that an invitation? <laughs> yeah, we. You got to talk. You got to talk to Sneakloff. Listen, oh, I thought you were the guy. We've we've been airing <laughs> these games for the last twenty-one years, and the only thing I think I've gotten out of it is, well, this interview. So yeah. this, I mean, now what is that? What is it? I think we're kind of on the. On the back burner as far as the invite list goes. I got some tickets once, but I think I was in Randolph. <laughs> you'll love, you'll, yeah, yeah, you'll love this one, too. So, prior to every season, I got to do liners for all these, you know, all these um, stations that, mm-hmm. that, that air the game, like you guys. Right. We'll get a couple of these Podunk ones up, like up in Maine. Hey, this is Scott Zolak, and you're listening to 103 The Bull. And they, <laughs> they make the bull sound, and I'm like, on our morning show, you know, it's sort of the morning zoo. Mm. And they've they've done like this magic shop read for one of the morning guys, and they they, they dupe them into it. I get about halfway through these reads, and it's like you're listening to the sound of the game up there on Maine's Eastern Shore, you know. And I'm like, I'm getting duped here, so I stopped doing the damn reads. And the guy comes and goes, No, those are real reads. You got to do those reads. So, yeah. yeah so when they said Springfield's calling, I'm like, Oh, this is Six Flags getting in on it out there. Yeah? <laughs> and I'm sure you're paid handsomely for it. Oh. <laughs> Oh. Okay, we're all right. I'm yeah. like doing it for beer and alcohol. So. Well, there you go. Hey, I want to ask you something about uh, something's been. There's been a lot of discussion lately in the, in the last uh, in the last two weeks about this specifically. The NFL has kind of changed its its rules about uh, about taunting, and there's a lot of yeah. people having a real problem with trying to figure out well what is taunting and what is just basic celebration. What's your take on this rule? Is it is it a garbage rule or does it make sense to you? It's like any other rule they try to enforce the National Football League. They leave it to the discretion of the referees. And it depends what ref crew you get that week, and we're going to enforce this. But if you get a first down, you signal first down, spin the ball, that's good. That's a good play. But if you make a hit on a guy, and a guy's struggling to get up, and you stand over him and you're pointing at him, or one of your other guys makes a hit, and you go over and you're standing over that guy, that's taunting. That should be called. Um, the Brady stuff with Mathau and the, and the Super Bowl back and forth. Well, guys, those guys probably should have been flagged for that stuff. Yeah, that stuff the league doesn't want to see. And I think, I think a lot of that would happen against Tampa, from Tampa and what they what they did to Kansas City in that Super Bowl with Brady and Mathau. And Mathau said, you know, you wouldn't believe what he said to me. And then then everybody's like, well, what do he say? It's going to take on a whole new life, you know. Um, so I think that's what the league wants to eliminate. But hey, hard hits and, and celebrating the first down or a touchdown, I got no problem with that. I love any of those. Uh, usually on Super Bowl Sunday, I, I I'm not a big fan of the guys sitting around talking. I love the prepackaged bits, the produced stuff, and and the ones I love the most are the are the NFL films where uh, a team is mic'd up and you can hear yep. what they're doing on the field or even around the benches. And it and it's amazing because I mean when you watch the game on TV, you don't realize how much back and forth talk there is on the field. You don't realize how bad the locker room talk is, too. I mean, that stuff, that stuff is edited. What you're hearing hits the, you know, hits the, uh, you know, five minutes of what we could actually air. Everything else is the cutting room floor. Yeah. Um, that is the best stuff. I mean, that is the, that, that's the honest stuff you get on the sidelines. You know, it tells you what guys are doing. I love that. 
uh, sound effects that they have on NFL Network you know, that you're talking about. You get all these different teams mic'd up throughout the course of the week. I think that's the best production NFL Films does. I guess what I was, you know, by tying that into the taunting thing, you know, you don't hear all the conversation that could be going on in a taunting fashion. They seem to be calling penalties against the visual tauntings. Correct. That's the stuff the fans see. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of talk that goes on. That's, you're never going to stop that talk. You know, before the you know that, that goes on during the game between players, that's natural. That's been going on for you know, 50, 60 years. Mm. Um, they're, what they're trying to eliminate is what you know what you see on TV at home. Yeah. You know, the stuff that you're teaching kids or you know role model crap that you know the league wants to sell you on. But yeah. they love policing things. This will eventually, I think, uh, lessen and go away after five weeks. Just like remember, remember the the head targeting where can't duck your head outside they were calling out a ton early in the year like three years ago and then yep. that eventually went away yeah, yeah. yeah. this is scott zolak on the phone so uh sunday they're taking on the saints both teams kind of you know kind of doing the, the same thing and they're they're one-on-one they've got uh, quarterbacks with a lot to prove maybe winston's got even more to prove because of uh of his history what do you how do you uh, how do you see this game shaking out Take a quarter and flip it. I have no clue. I mean, you know, Saints were great in week one. You know, they upset uh, Green Bay. He had five touchdowns and 20 passes, and then they they played like crap last week. I think Kamara only had five yards on eight carries. I mean, you don't know what Saints team you're getting. I don't I don't think they're a team that travels very well. You know, they love playing inside. They love playing in the dome. Um, but coming up here to New England, I, I think it gives us about a three-point edge on them. I'd take, I'd take us. I'd take us this weekend, especially going into the next week. You got to win this week going into next week's game. Yeah, you know, you talk about those liners you had to make for the other stations. I think you just made us one a minute ago, uh, inadvertently. Here's Scott Zolak and all that role model crap. <laughs> there we go, it's Scott Zolak. Don't listen to any of that role model crap that Jason Sprinkle's trying to tell you. Listen to rock and roll; it gets you fired up in the morning. Scott, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next Thursday. Always, guys. Love it. See you. Appreciate it. Scott Zolak brought to you by the Leah Auto Group. It's 823 on Rock 102. The McDonald's breakfast is too good to speak deal. Sounds a lot like... Mm. (laughs) That. And who wants to chit-chat in the morning when you have McDonald's to eat anyway? Get a sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or any size premium roast hot coffee, any two, for $2. Or get a sausage McMuffin with egg, two for $4. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. This summer... We enjoyed a lot of special moments with family and friends. A beautiful reminder that when we care for each other and come together as a community, we can meet any challenge together. Florence Bank. Always, always, Member FDIC, member DIF. Attention New England, Leah Toyota Wilbraham is the area's leader in pre-owned and certified pre-owned Toyotas. Choose from hundreds of RAV4s, Camrys, Highlanders, Tacomas, and more. At Leah Toyota Wilbraham, we also carry all makes and models, foreign and domestic, cars, trucks, and sport utility vehicles. And as always, instant credit approval is only a click away. All credit applications will be accepted. Everyone drives at Leah Toyota Wilbraham. 2145 Boston Road or 24-7 at LeahToyotaWilbraham.com.
The sun wants to bake your home or business, jacking your AC bills, fading your upholstery, carpets, even the artwork on your walls. But stopping it cold is as easy as 413. 413 Pro Tint can tint the windows in your home or business to block the sun, give privacy, and even custom tints like stained glass or business logos. And tinting pays for itself within a year, cutting down on energy costs. Stop the fade, let in the light, leave out the heat. Go to the pros at 413 Pro Tint or give them a call at 438-8468 and give them a like on Facebook. If you vape or considering it as an alternative, get to know Puffin. Puffin Vapor and Leaf in Vernon, less than half an hour from the Massachusetts border and two miles from the Buckland Hills Mall. They've got a full menu of juices in all flavors, over 170 to choose from. E-Cig starter kits, advanced vaping devices, they've got those too. Talk to Al and Zach, they're the experts. Across the store, the huge humidor with over 270 cigar choices. Know someone who loves stogies? They're the perfect gift. Puffin Vapor and Leaf in Vernon. What are you puffing? Warning, this product contains nicotine, an addictive chemical. There's never been a better time to switch to Spectrum Mobile. You could save hundreds of dollars on your mobile bill. Plus, there are no added taxes, hidden fees, and no contracts. Try the Spectrum Mobile Savings Calculator today, and in three easy steps, you'll see how much you could save by switching. Visit SpectrumMobile.com save. Spectrum Internet required. Savings may vary. Restrictions apply. Visit SpectrumMobile.com save for details. The Northampton Coca-Cola plant is hiring full-time positions, earning up to $24 per hour with overtime opportunities and excellent benefits. Coca-Cola of Northampton is currently hiring forklift drivers, machine operators, maintenance mechanics, QA technicians, electricians, wastewater operators, and boiler operators. Coca-Cola of Northampton is looking for great people to join the team in Northampton. Visit careers.coca-colacompany.com and search Northampton. Day 26 of Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. If you missed our interview with uh, Scott Zolak, check it out on the Bax and O'Brien Daily Podcast. It'll be posted just after 10 o'clock this morning. It's, uh, it's uh, You can check it out on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also, Baxi's Musical Podcast this week. My guest, Joe Keithley from the band DOA. Again, all available on BaxandO'Brien.com. Yeah, I told you that part of the reason I uh, I don't like the fall is because it's a uh, it's a precursor to winter. And when you start to see the Halloween decorations going up, uh, that's another thing. But then, last night on NBC News, they did a story about the holidays. Uh, they're already talking about the holidays because they were they were talking to this uh, toy store owner, uh, a small independent toy store owner. She owns two different ones. Talking about, um, like everything else we've been talking about during the, uh, the pandemic, shortages of uh, of toys uh, of the kind of toys that this woman knows is going to are going to be the big sellers this year at christmas mm-hmm. time and uh, and they can't excuse me they can't get them and it's kind of interesting how the chain the supply chain is involved in so many different ways of making these things difficult you know he's talking about uh shipping shipping things over here now uh, there's, it's said that there's a lot of companies, They, Home Depot was one they pointed out, that were contracting their own shippers, basically getting charter shippers to bring stuff over because if they were waiting for the normal shipping supply channel, they wouldn't have like enough snowblowers for the winter to start. Sure. So, But they also pointed out that you can get all the ships you want, 
there's only so many places to put the ships and unload the ships. And, and you know, once you start affecting all that as well, and then it went on into the, uh, the moving of those shipping containers because there's so many truckers out there not working now. So the trucks are not operating. It's just, it's kind of wild how, you know, this whole system that uh, that we created many, many, many years ago uh, can be entirely disrupted oh, yeah. by something like a, like a pandemic. It's like everything is connected to everything. Yeah. I, I, I did a, uh, I've done a couple of interviews so far on the podcast of, of, uh, of artists who have recorded a record. They have sent it to the, uh, the printing press presses to get uh, turned into vinyl and then, you know, covers and all this other stuff. You know, years ago, they closed a lot of these places that made vinyl records because nobody was buying vinyl. Now you have people buying more vinyl than CDs, but that doesn't mean that all these places that were producing vinyl back in the 70s and 80s are still around. So now you have so many people who have been, you know, using the pandemic as an opportunity to write and produce music that the backlog of records is now months long, Mm -hmm. like as much as six to eight months long. And, you know, they're already working on new music because they can't get any of this stuff uh, printed out and then and then distributed. Yeah. And then they did they did they showed another uh, part of it, the live stuff, you know, like like uh, food, uh, vegetables, stuff like that. Oh, remember how I said that I couldn't believe how when you think about all the chicken and uh, and uh, beef that we eat in this country, yep, that you would think that there was a state out there somewhere where it was just wall to wall chickens or shoulder to shoulder cows. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to find this now because I know I have it. My goddamn new iPhone freezes all the time, all the time. I can't believe this, how often this happens. You tried uh, turning it off and turning yeah, it back on? Yeah, yeah, I've done that crap. All the updates, uh, uh updates up-to-date? are there, yeah. But there was a, um, yeah, see, now I don't remember where I sent it myself last night. They had a chart on NBC News that showed the population <laughs> Uh, it was like a pie chart, and 63% of the country is livestock, and 36% are people. It, it was it was mind blowing because I, because I've always made those examples of where where are all these animals? You know why why can't we not move because of these things? Where the hell did I put that? Well, some of these. Um these livestock farms chickens and 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 beef and, and hogs you ever like driven past any of them there mm-hmm. is there as big as the eye can see it's almost like they they fall over to the horizon line they're enormous yeah but you know you know again you know there are more pigs than you than, than humans because they need extra to make sure that new ones can come up yeah it's it, it's it's remarkable uh, remarkable work yeah i found it 60 percent livestock 36 percent humans all right so that's 96 percent and then the final four percent are wild animals yeah on the planet that that's that's and they're so delicious too that's the thing that gets you the the livestock or the wild animals uh the livestock too i mean both really i mean i don't know if you you like game meat i'm not you know i can take it or leave it but you know the the stuff in the store man delicious Mm mm-hmm
832 News is next. 35 of Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news Serve, uh, brought to you by Serviu Locksmith. They got a key for that. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Rejoice, people of Western Massachusetts. Center Street in Ludlow is completely open. About damn time. Well, it, ha- it was open about 45 minutes ago. Ah, but uh, well, We were busy doing other things. Yeah, but uh, hey, it's open. There was a car that uh, had a match with a pole because it was a car versus pole accident. Uh-huh. The pole Bad usually wins. Yeah, yeah wh- why do they do that? What? Car versus pole? Because there was no, like, setup bout, you know, for the car versus pole. Mm. The car just happened to crash into yeah. the pole. Well, that's just the way they word it sometimes. Car versus pole, car versus car, car versus pedestrian. It should be more like driver versus charges. What do they yeah. call that? Is yeah. it the personification where you take, like, an inanimate object and try to attach... Like, no, like personality to it? Anthropomorphization. Are you sure about no, that? That's the study of ants, you dummy. No, no. Anthropomorph. Anthropomorphism. That's when you give your money away to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think that's uh, it, Steve. Isn't that philanthropy? That's yeah, philanthropy, yeah, yeah. right? No, yeah. That's when you collect stamps. No, that's philately. No, no, no. That's when you take uh, you're, you're the person who takes blood out of somebody else. No, that's a phlebotomist. No, that's a person who makes flowers. No, that's a florist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're thinking of that movie from 1996 with Tom Hanks. <laughs> No, that's that Forrest Gump. Gump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, you're so close. So remember, I was talking before about how they were no. talking to Keith uh, Morrison on on uh, NBC. No, yes, apparently it's a whole di- a Dateline thing because it's the 30th season of Dateline. So they've got Dennis Murphy there, Keith Morrison, Andrea Canning is hot. But why? She th- this is th- <laughs> she's standing <laughs> or there. Is she? She's standing there out on the out on the uh, <laughs> plaza uh-huh. in a dress. I noticed this the other night, one of the episodes where she was doing this interview. Great legs. The woman is a mother of five. Mm. And yet? Five children. Here you are, a creepy old man yeah. being sexist uh-huh. and pointing pointing out her, yeah, right, her looks. Being sexist because I like a woman's legs. Yeah, like that's sexist. <laughs> nice gams. Yeah, that's sexist. Well, it is, actually. It yeah. might be. I mean, yeah. you're basically sexualizing yeah. this woman, no, but she's I'm done not, nothing not. but just stand there in front I, of a I'm camera. I'm just saying, you know, she looks very attractive. She has six kids in this one. You said five. I right? thought it was five. It's uh, they're it showing six? six in this picture. Well, Jeez. five that she knows about. Yeah, six kids. Oh. Andrea, your vagina is not a clown car. Knock it off. Uh, okay, thankfully I wasn't sexualizing her. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, school. what? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. <clears throat> Just stating my opinion. Though. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. A uh, school van driver was charged with. <laughs> Are rec- we paying him for that? No, I don't think that's in his Not contract. nearly enough, I'll yeah. tell you that. A uh, school van driver was charged with reckless child endangerment after she allegedly left a student with autism in the vehicle for several hours last week. Sergeant Samansky of the Munson Police Department said that uh, 45-year-old Erica DeJesus of Munson was criminally charged in connection with the September 16th incident. A report filed with the police department alleges DeJesus left a three-year-old autistic child who attended Quarry Hill Community School without supervision inside the school van for three hours. School officials realized the child was missing after they reached out to the child's parents uh, asking about their absence. Yeah, we just want to know why uh, uh, Timmy wasn't in school today. Well, what are you talking about? I put him on the bus. 
Uh, Hang on one second. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can you- can you hold, please? Go get the keys. Isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know because I've never been a bus driver, and I, you know, with any luck, I won't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but isn't it kind of the bus driver's responsibility to check yeah. every row on the bus? You, you'd think maybe that was true, but uh, you know, you're doing it day in, day out. The monotony. No, the, I the, the repetition. Listen, nobody understands monotony and repetition more than any of us. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Uh, don't you think that that would be a part of your job that you well, would perform again regularly? You know, I mean, come on, think about it. I am, and that's why I'm asking. <laughs> think about it, Steve. Stephen, the uh, could you hold on, please? As I like Kramer did that to the cable guy, yeah, and then he put the phone down next to the radio <laughs> <laughs> to make it seem like it was music on hold. <laughs> well, that's how you do it. Yeah. I told you, we used to do that at that other radio station I worked at. Uh, the number for the request line was one number off from Home Depot. Ah, okay. So we used to screw with all the people that used to call looking for Home Depot uh, stuff, and then we'd put them on fake hold music with, like, the Mickey Mouse Club theme <laughs> oh, or good. any kind of thing, and then just give these folks the runaround to every different department yeah. before they finally gave up because they were so <laughs> mad at the oh, people at Home man. Depot. Man, those were good old days those of radio. Good. It's well, too that was... bad those ra- that radio station was not used to airing funny things like that. <laughs> you know, let me tell you something. Uh, for all the unfunny things that happened on that radio station, Mm. All the funny stuff happened off, off the, air. the air. Of course, yeah. yeah. That's where all this. That's where all the good stuff happened. That le- that led me when you told that story before. That led me to tell the one about how I had a a, a phone number that was one number off from a pizza joint. Yeah. And uh, and I and I would take uh, orders. pizza orders and, and tell them, you know, and then I and I would take their phone number. I'd say, okay, uh, your pizza be ready. You know, this was all pickup. It was an all pickup business. I wasn't doing any delivery, and you couldn't eat in. Right. Uh, it was all pickup. So I'd be like, okay, yeah, large pepperoni, uh, be ready in a half an hour. What's your number? <laughs> and they'd give me the number, and I know a half an hour later, they'd go to the pizza place, and uh, no pizza. And then <laughs> 10 minutes after that, I'd call them and go, hey, where, where are you? I got a pizza here with your name on it. <laughs> And they'd go back. <laughs> and you are a bastard. Oh, I oh, was. Yeah. Uh, I was back then. I, I've yeah. changed. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, yeah. you've grown out yeah, of it. Exactly. See, I was. Uh, I was just uh, messing with somebody who was never going to ever come to that store after uh, have the experience oh, that they yeah. had on the phone with me. I was messing with them enough to get them to show up twice. I would do voices. <laughs> I, I would pretend I was one guy from uh, roofing. I was pretend I was one guy from lumber, and it was oh, just yeah. to push the guy back and forth. Or you're like Mark in one and Lou in another. I don't know who are those. What are you talking I'm about? Just, I'm just making up names, man. I don't, I don't even know what you're talking I'm just, about. I'm just saying. Some guy named some guy named Dave who lives in Sunderland with those <laughs> dad jokes all the time. I don't. What are you guys I, talking I about? That one, I don't know what he's talking about. You know, sometimes I do this show and then you guys just go off on these little like inside jokes that you have. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> I, about. <laughs> Dave, Lou, and who? Mark, uh, Mark from yeah. West Springfield. Okay, whatever. A uh, superior court judge will hold a hearing in a lawsuit filed by the Massachusetts State Police Union to delay Governor Charlie Baker's COVID vaccine mandate for state employees. Baker is requiring all state workers to be vaccinated by October 17th with limited exceptions. Those who do not provide proof of their inoculation by then could be fired. 
The state police lawsuit filed in Suffolk Superior Court says the policy would cause irreparable harm if implemented. I don't I agree that they should be vaccinated, but the firing part, I don't agree with. The uh, lawsuit uh, asked that the mandate be halted so that the union, which represents 1,800 state police troopers and sergeants, has time to negotiate the policy before its members receive shots. The union says it has the right, as a representative of public employees, to bargain any conditions of employment. We're meeting with state negotiators and state police leadership representatives after Baker announced the vaccine order. Cart documents say the union asked for a weekly testing alternative for troopers who have not been vaccinated or have already had COVID. Yeah, well, you got to get a judge to decide whether or not that truly is a change in work conditions that makes it a collective bargaining issue. But again, I just, you know, the firing, the amount of money that it costs to train a state trooper or any police officer for that matter, um, th- this just doesn't seem like it should be a fireable offense. How Suspended? Much- maybe. Demoted? How- possibly. But not fired. How much does the uh, the bill cost for the health insurance for covering somebody? Oh, who- I know. I know what you're saying, Steve. But I'm just saying there's other forms of discipline short of firing. Well, I mean, you know, I, I agree with that. Uh, I just I think the testing thing is probably a better alternative. Yeah, but you know, again, uh, you can test a guy on Monday, and he can be he can have COVID on Tuesday, and if you don't test him again until Thursday, you're not going to catch it. Why don't we do this rapid testing thing more often? That's what I like. I don't to know about it. You're talking, you know, two, three days to get results from a test that, uh, you know, those are crucial moments, I would imagine. Crucial days. Yeah. Days in which you could get it in between the test and the results. You could get it in between the test and the results, but you could have it, not know you have it, and you feel like you have this sense of, uh, you know, uh, immunity because you're like, well, I don't feel sick. Mm -hmm. I don't feel tardy. The last time I got tested was a rapid test. I knew within 25 minutes... And I went about my day, and I was fine. That's the way it was down in Florida. Yeah. I The the line was so long. Well, I got there as soon as it opened down in Florida back in January. Mm-hmm. I was in and out in 25 minutes. And 10 minutes after that, I had the results on my phone. Yeah. I, why can't we learn from other places that do things? We never do that. I don't know. We never do that. I mean, the the first test I had, I had to wait three days, and I'm you know I'm, and you get uh, alerted through uh, through email. I'm on my email every thirty seconds, waiting for results. It was driving me insane. Well, insane. I was insane in the membrane. No, insane was, in the brain. I was doing the crazy Eddie insane. Price oh of yeah, insane. right, right. Yeah, but I'm helping to do the uh, the uh, what was that? What the one you did Fax. Well, I'm just saying. Just saying. I was just saying the membrane. No, you were doing Cypress the, Hill. Uh, yeah, Cypress Hill. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, wasn't mentioning Cypress Hill at all. I was just saying my mm. membrane was making me crazy. Everyone has accidentally texted the wrong person or the wrong group at some point, and it always uh, is a little awkward. But mm-hmm. you have to. But have you ever accidentally sent a message complaining about a person to that person? Hmm. I've, I've seen it happen. In an online poll, 17% of people admitted they have, 77% claim they haven't, and 6% said they don't know, which is hard to believe. If you were talking smack about somebody in a message and that person was on that chain, you'd probably know, don't you think? I would think so, but I don't think I've ever done that. 
You've never sent the wrong text message? Yes, absolutely, but yeah. not one where I was trashing the person I accidentally sent it to. Oh, see, I've done that because... Uh, I've, I've, re- I've received them, and then and you immediately get, I'm sorry, that wasn't meant for you. But yeah. it was clearly one of these ill-spirited type of... About type of tech. you. No, not about me. Oh. You know, about somebody else. It wasn't about me at all. I don't... I barely piss off anybody. Uh-huh. These buttons on the texting thing, uh, not made for fat thumbs. No, they're not. How well, many times have I hit the... the camera button on like a messenger thing and automatically called somebody that I didn't want to talk to at all? Mm-hmm. But the other thing too is, I mean, how does that work? You you send you send somebody a text, so you're yeah. you're you're in the their text thing, then you get a text from somebody else, and you read that. And you get distracted, and then you want to text the first person, so you go to text, but it's actually still the second person, and you accidentally send them Mm -hmm. the text that you meant for the first person. (laughs) You know that John O'Brien's a real jerk. Yeah. That's what I would write. Yeah, well. And I would write it to you going, oh, I didn't mean, I meant to write this to back. I meant to write it to his mother. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But she already knew. (laughs) Yeah. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, sunny with a high of 80 tomorrow.